Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for educational leaders brought to you by Central Michigan University, a leader in educational choice and options. Uh, welcome. Uh, we are excited to be here again and bringing you another version of uh, Podcast Central. And I'm joined, uh, my name is Orlando Castellan. I'm joined here with my colleague, Janelle Brzezinski. Hello, Janelle. Hi, Orlando. Great to be here. Um, thanks for everybody that's listening. Really have an important topic today, um, and we're really looking forward to um, bringing some insights from our guests um, to our listeners. So we're really excited about that. Um, you can find our podcast on our website, um, and that would be the centerforcharters.org. Um, you can listen there. You can subscribe there. You can also find us on all of the podcast platforms. So if that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can listen, subscribe, and rate us there. We'd appreciate it. Um, and like I said, really looking forward to the conversation today with our guest. Absolutely. As am I. And as a matter of fact, we had such a high powered guest, uh, Janelle, that we had to bring in an additional interviewer and Jason Sarsfield will be joining us for that interview today with uh, Leah Breen, who is the director of Michigan Department of Education's Office of Educator Excellence. And the Office of Educator Excellence supports the educational achievement of all Michigan youth. Uh, really K-12, ensuring that professional school personnel complete quality preparation and professional development programs that meets the expectations and standards of the Michigan legislature. But in addition to being the director of the OEE, as they call it, um, Leah Breen is also a former CMU grad and a former colleague in the Center for Charter Schools. And so um, we're really excited to have her because she brings not only a state lens to her work, but in addition to all that I've said so far, she's also the president of the board of directors of the National Association of State Directors of Teacher Education and Certification. And so uh, should be able to bring both a state and national lens to our discussion today. So we're really excited to have Leah join us and stick around as uh, we have a conversation with Leah Breen. Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for education leaders. Welcome back, everybody, and we're really excited today um, not only to be joined by our guest, uh, but with uh, Janelle and Jason Sarsfield joining us for a conversation with our guest, Leah Breen, uh, the director of MBE's Office of Educator Excellence. And while we, while we did a brief introduction to that, Leah, can you tell us a little bit more about what the role of the Office of Educator Excellence is? Yeah, I absolutely can. You know, we have a very lengthy mission statement, but essentially what that boils down to is that we are dedicated to developing education professionals uh, to support our student and student achievement. Um, you know, we focus on recruitment of teachers, we engage with our preparation programs and have accountability measures for preparation in Michigan. We help educators with their certification or recertification, professional development, and we focus initiatives on retention and recognition of our educators in the workforce. 
And Leah, you mentioned recruitment as part of that too. Certainly a, a topic that's very important to schools. Do you have any insights or advice, maybe even around some of the programming that you might have available through your office um, that you can share with schools um, focused on teacher recruitment efforts? Absolutely. This has become a new focus for us in the last few years, and we've been really excited to launch several initiatives and are now looking forward to relaunching some new initiatives, or combining them and relaunching new initiatives. So we um, have a variety of kind of grow your own programs. Um, those programs focus on people who work in classrooms, um, paraprofessionals, other educational staff. They focus on career changers. So if you had perhaps a science degree and were working in a field of science and now want to become a science teacher, uh, we support reciprocity of educators from other states. And so we've been working through the mechanisms to ensure that school districts can build educators uh, within their workforce. And now, um, and we, we, are, we call that part of our Proud Michigan Educators campaign. I hope that you've all heard about it. Um, we're now kind of expanding that campaign to include future Proud Michigan educators, and we are starting some high school pathways. Um, we have a grant that we're going to release in January that we're excited about that will go to K-12 schools. It's a competitive grant and is intended to really recruit high schoolers and middle schoolers into the profession of teaching. And as part of that, we're providing school districts with free online curriculum, resources, um, marketing materials, all of the tools that they need to get those programs up and running within their schools. Well, I think this, this conversation is um, extremely timely because I was recently on a call with some other folks that were talking about retention. And I couldn't imagine having this conversation with someone else other than Leah, because in addition to her work um, at OEE, she's also the president of the board of directors for the National Association of State Directors of Teacher Education and Certification. So the reason I bring that up is because I wonder, Leah, um, you have both a state and national view, and I wonder if you can share with us uh, what is best in class around uh, retention efforts, both in the state of Michigan and then when you look across the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so retention is really, really important. We've looked at our state data and we actually have, um, in some instances, lower retention rates than the national data, which is really concerning because we know that there is a shortage everywhere. We know that there's a shortage in Michigan. We know that there are retention issues nationally, but to have worse retention issues um, is especially problematic. So we know one of, one of the most, uh, one of the best strategies that a school district can implement based on national research are strong mentor programs. So really investing in your new teachers, ensuring that they have an individual assigned to them that can support them through difficult times, offer feedback, um, and just be a go-to support person is a key investment and saves money in the long run because it costs a lot more to hire new teachers than it does to invest in a strong mentorship program to keep those same teachers. So nationally, we know um, that that is a strong strategy. Additionally, nationally, there has been a lot of investment in residency programs. So supporting um, teacher candidates, in kind of a year-long residency program where they are paid as a teacher and are highly supported in their first year and sometimes into the second year and they really have that advanced experiential um, within the classroom and it's a partnership between higher education and k-12 places like california have invested 
tens of millions in these programs and are seeing really good returns. They are costly. We have done um, programs in Michigan with some of our Title II um, higher education funding where we helped with those partnerships and um, they have been successful, but without a, a large state or national investment, they are pretty hard to maintain. But I would say those are two really key promising strategies that relate to retention. What about perhaps at the, at the individual school level, at the board level, what can board members uh, be thinking about working with their management team on as they look at and, and try to uh, ensure a stable staff over time? What are some, what are some of the uh, key pieces they might be thinking about doing both short term and then long term? Honestly, our educators would tell you based on uh, survey data that we've received that the biggest factor in retaining them in the workforce is salary. So that is a, a huge um, factor in the retention of teachers. Um, the second one of most prevalent factor or right in the top five are being supported by school leadership. So having high quality school leadership that understands school culture and how to support teachers is key in teacher retention. So I would say that's the second strategy. Uh, third, we know um, that supporting our uh, persons of color in the workforce is particularly important because in Michigan, we know they're leaving faster. We have very few of them and they're leaving faster than our white teachers are leaving. So a strategy that a local board could use is to provide communities of practice for those teachers. So a space for them to gather together and share their particular concerns, their particular needs, um, where they are supported as a person of color and a teaching profession that has very few teachers of color. Thanks, Leo. Jason Sarsfield here. Uh, always great to see you, and thanks for all you're doing across the state uh, to really advance excellence for kids. Uh, with that, I'd like to take just a step back, and we've referenced the teacher shortage a couple of times, both in Michigan and nationally. Um, we've certainly seen it with the schools we work with, but having a perspective across the state and nation, how bad is the teacher shortage? How bad is it in Michigan? How bad is it across the country, you know, and, you know, from your perspective, you know, I guess, give us your assessment. Well, it's very concerning, certainly. Um, you know, the hardest data point to capture to give you a really good answer to that question is how many do we need, right? How many do we need in a content area, in a region, on any given day, in order to uh, fulfill school district needs? Because what happens is school districts, when they report their data to us, often they'll eliminate positions. If you know you're never going to get a German teacher, you are not going to post a German teacher. You're not going to put a German teacher in your budget. But it is a shortage, right, because you wanted to offer a German curricular in your school district. So in absence of data, it's really hard for us to determine how bad the shortage is, actually. Um, but we know that we are hiring more teachers. So over the past five years, it's increased by several thousand. Um, so that this in 2018, 2019, we employed 106,000 teachers or so in Michigan. Um, we know that new teachers are being hired more quickly than they used to be so that there are more opportunities for our brand new teachers, which is good news and bad news, right? Good news because we want them to be employed, but bad news because that demand means that they definitely are snatching them right out of their teacher preparation programs. 
Um, and we know that we are going to have more retirees than likely we are currently producing. So um, we definitely have districts that are struggling. Um, they are, they are, they range from not even being able to find any teacher to having to choose a teacher that maybe isn't the best fit for their school just so that they have a body in the classroom. And we don't want either of those choices to be what our districts have to face. Thanks. And, you know, one more question before I hand it back to Orlando and Janelle, which is, you know, you also have an opportunity to work with the teacher preparation programs that you just referenced. What types of things, what types of role can they play in, um, you know, in, in the teacher recruitment and retention challenge across the state? Yeah. You know, our educator preparation programs in Michigan have been amazing. Uh, they recognize, you know, kind of the, the, what feels like a dire situation. We have programs closing. Uh, most recently, Michigan Tech closed up in the UP, and we need institutions in the UP to be open because we already have so few in that area. So they have worked really hard with us to come up with innovative ideas. So um, they've created fast track programs where for a flat rate, they can guarantee an educator gets an additional endorsement in a short period of time so that they could fill a hole within a school district. Um, as I mentioned before, they worked with us on the residency programs to provide this kind of intensive support within the school district that would lead to retention of teachers. Um, they are working to, you know, they try and talk to students about the critical areas of need, the places that they'll get hired, direct them regionally. They've expanded where they are doing student teaching to try and get students, teacher candidates, to student teach in areas that really have huge shortages so that they'll be comfortable transitioning to positions in those regions. Um, we keep throwing more and more at them, and they have just really been trying to adapt um, to what is our current reality and um, come up with new ideas that will have results for us here in Michigan, which is great. They're, they've been terrific partners. Leah, kind of following up on some of those questions, I wonder, what are some of the most difficult areas that you guys see schools are struggling to fill? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some of the hardest areas to fill continue to be any area in special education, uh, particularly deaf and hard of hearing, um, emotionally impaired, cognitively impaired. Certainly our world languages, uh, our secondary STEM, are a challenge, but now we're seeing shortages or vacancies in almost every content area and almost grade, every grade range in pockets around the state. Um, certainly there may not be a, a, a secondary English shortage in every area, but there are secondary English shortages in some areas where there never used to be. So it's pretty widespread and pretty diverse. How might schools that are interested in um, getting to the front of the line for recruitment of new teachers coming out of teacher preparation programs, put themselves in a, in a high quality position to retain one of those teachers? Absolutely. That is a great question. I tell uh, K-12 school districts to call your local educator preparation program or even not your local educator preparation program and ask to form a relationship with them so that they funnel their student teachers to your building. Then uh, invest in those student teachers, right? Make sure that they are, have a, they are assigned a quality teacher mentor. Um, you can offer them a stipend for their service there, which would entice them to come to your district if perhaps they have to travel more than they're used to, for example. 
Um, but really, you want to you want to get them there right at the teacher candidate level. And the easiest way to do that is to contact institutions and you know just say, please please send them here and make it a place they want to stay. I know that there is one school district smartly opened up their school building and they have a classroom that is just for student teachers and um, or teachers in kind of their final practicum years of experience. And those teachers have their coursework there with their professor and then they immediately go into classrooms and practice what they've learned on site. And um, I can tell you that school district has a lot of luck hiring those teachers because they are comfortable with the district um, when positions become available. And Leah, I know um, your Office of Educator Excellence certainly um, does a lot in the area of research around the teaching profession as well. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that with us, maybe some of, of your recent research or some impactful findings um, that you've found through your office's research that might be helpful to some of our schools? Yes, I think so. I mentioned before uh, the teacher surveys, and I think that interesting parts about that are the desire to have more pay and that that still is at the top uh, in order to retain and attract teachers. Uh, the secondary one that I mentioned was support from leadership and that was not a surprise. So certainly research, our research would indicate in Michigan that investment in your leadership and having high quality leadership in your schools will help. I think it was interesting and eye-opening to see our teacher turnover and retention rates and to see how quickly our educators are leaving the profession. They're averaging, it used to, they used to say about five years, now they're averaging two or three years often in some cases in the profession. Um, that's a real concern. And once they have a bachelor's degree, there are lots of things that they can do so they don't need to remain in teaching. We have conducted teacher candidate surveys and that's been really interesting for us as well. Our teacher candidates generally feel well prepared when they leave our school buildings and the areas in which they're feeling underprepared tend to be working with uh, special populations. So either students with special needs or English learners, that's the lowest area across um, the survey results and has been for about three or four years, despite our efforts to try and improve around that and provide them more experience working with students with special needs. And so we're really working to address that. But it's good for districts to know that our Michigan teachers are probably coming to you feeling less confident about that than they are about other things. And so if they have classrooms with a lot um, of students with special needs, that they need to be provided supports in order to work with those students effectively. And it's also important that we're recognizing the contributions that our teachers are making and wondering if you can discuss the teacher recognition programs that we know you guys partner on uh, that help to recognize those teachers and the valiant efforts they're making in school districts? Yeah, uh, most notably is our Proud Michigan Educator Campaign. This is something that we've been, uh, we've had in place for several years and are working hard every year to expand. We're actually uh, investing in a marketing firm to help us with a three-year plan to really get this off the ground. So that's really exciting. As part of that program, we um, interview teachers, we focus on teachers, and we have them tell their story. And I think, you know, that is really important. Teachers want to be heard about what's happening in schools, their experiences, and um, what those experiences mean to other teachers. So we allow that avenue through our videos, but we also have a set of regional teachers of the year that we um, recognize annually and they comprise our teacher leader advisory council and so this council really is the voice of teachers in our state um, and it is it's something that 
five years ago, we didn't have, there wasn't really an, an avenue for a group of teachers to be present when called upon to provide teacher voice. Uh, this group was instrumental with a return to learn plan and the pandemic and things that have happened in recent, they helped, they reviewed the documents and we were providing guidance from teachers to tell us what was realistic, what wasn't realistic. In fact, I think they developed most of the document that was targeted for teachers in a very short time during a very stressful period, in addition to their other work. Um, so I think teacher voice is really part of our focus and recognition, and I think it's important for local districts to consider that as well. Your teachers need the opportunity to have voice in a, in a way that is impactful and non-threatening and leads to significant change within the organization. That's one of the best ways that you can honor teachers. Leah, you mentioned teacher voice there in particular during these challenging times. It's great that you're involving teachers and making some of those important decisions to guide the state through. Um, through these uncertain times. Any early indications on, you know, the impact of, of the pandemic on a challenge that already existed with, with, you know, teacher shortage and all things that come along with that? Any early indications, thoughts of it's now been amazingly nine months uh, since the pandemic hit? And so we have had a little bit of time to make some observations and just wondering from your purview, if you can talk about uh, any noticeable impact that you've seen Yes, I think it depends on how I how I look at that question, um, morale or exiting the profession. So you know, we get a lot of emails from educators. Um, all of us are former educators, and so we know lots of educators. And you know, teachers are struggling. Parents are struggling. Teachers are struggling. Teachers that are parents are struggling. Everybody is struggling to try and do the best they can for students in what is a very challenging time. Despite the morale issues that we hear about, our data would indicate that they're hanging in there. We've looked at retirement data. There was a lot of concern that there was going to be a major exodus at the beginning of this year. There was not. That is great news. Uh, surprisingly and importantly, there was a pretty significant increase in support staff retirement. And so we already have had challenges in our field, finding highly qualified and skilled paraprofessionals and other individuals in support positions. And we expect that that actually is going to be a problem that continues to be exacerbated over the next year or two. Well, and Leah, as we talk about teachers um, today during our episode, we like to ask all of our guests about a teacher that had an impact on their life, perhaps the trajectory of, of your career in education. Can you share a little bit with us about um, a teacher that had an impact on your life? I can. I think, um, you know, nobody's never ever asked me that question before. That's funny. So I would say the first one that comes to mind is my third grade teacher. Her name was Mrs. Lecky. Hi, Mrs. Lecky. Uh, she made writing come alive. I already loved reading. I am a, a terrible, terrible bookworm. Um, but she really had just the most magical way of getting us all to write and use creative writing and use our imaginations. And I just remember, you know, walking in her classroom and feeling like that was a magical place where, um, you know, she just really made all of us feel joy. So I would say to me, um, the kind of teacher that can make a, a small child feel that way, really have them invested in learning and um, happy and make the classroom just a wonderful place to be has a skill. 
Well, and certainly the important work that your office is doing and our educators are doing all across the state right now are, are having an impact on those students now that will be our future generations of, of the education environment. So we appreciate you. We appreciate the work you're doing and thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So welcome back, and uh, that was a great conversation with Leah Breen. I hope you agree, Janelle. Absolutely. Wonderful insights. Certainly really important topics around the teaching profession, um, around recruitment and, attention and retention, the importance um, of both of those, and some of the state and national insights that Leah, that Leah offered. Um, one thing, too, as we reflect on that conversation, just how deep of an appreciation we have for our teachers um, throughout the state of Michigan, throughout the country. Um, we know it's been a really challenging year um, and the work that you do every day is so vital um, to the future of our, of our world and just how much you're appreciated um, always, but especially during these challenging times. Um, so for all of the teachers out there, certainly school leaders as well, we re really appreciate you. Um, and that really came to the forefront as we reflected on this conversation with Leah. Great point, Janelle. Um, without the teachers doing the work, the hard work that they do, um, we'd have a, lo a lot of different uh, challenges to overcome. And so um, great, great point. We also want to say a really heartfelt happy holidays to all of our constituents out there, team members, uh, just a, a heartfelt happy holidays. Please stay safe stay healthy through the holiday break and we'll look forward to digging back into this work at uh, after the new year thanks everybody